Please join us every week for a new episode of Understanding the Human Condition with Dr. James Flowers. Dr. Flowers and his most admired mentors, respected colleagues, and VIP guests will share valuable insight into underlying health causes, conditions, and issues. These in-depth yet approachable episodes are a great resource for both private individuals and industry professionals. Our esteemed host, Dr. James Flowers, is one of the most recognized and respected names in the field of chronic pain, mental health, and substance use disorders, both nationally and internationally. Dr. Flowers is the founder of J. Flowers Health Institute, located in Houston, Texas. For more information about J. Flowers Health Institute and its concierge services, go to jflowershealth.com or dial 713-783-6655. And be sure to mention this podcast. Welcome, everyone, to Understanding the Human Condition with your host, Dr. James Flowers. Hey, Robin. How are you? I'm doing great. And we have the amazing Dr. Paul Fortes today that <laughs> I'm so do. excited to have. Yes, I'm our happy VIP to be guest, here. episode five. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for being here. Oh, thank um, you for having me. You bet. It was a pleasure. Um, Dr. Fortes and I know each other because we uh, we met. We work in the same building, 5 Post Oak Park, right here at San Felipe and Post Oak Parkway. And uh, we're able to meet. We'll talk a little bit more about why we know each other uh, as we go on. Sure. But I thought what I would also talk about is uh, I'd like to introduce Dr. Fortes, if that's all right. Dr. Paul Fortes is a double board certified plastic surgeon. He is an, an artist and a leading aesthetic plastic surgeon at the Aesthetic Center for Plastic Surgery Spa and Reju Rejuvenation Center. Dr. Fortes sees patients in two beautiful facilities that I personally have seen in Memorial Town and Country area and the Galleria River Oaks District in Houston, as I said, at Five Post Oak Park. Dr. Fortes has built a very strong reputation over 22 years, and he's been in private practice as an aesthetic plastic surgeon. Dr. Fortes has become a global leader in aesthetic plastic surgery throughout his career. He's lectured to international plastic surgeons in the United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Israel, and Malaysia. And uh, Dr. Fortes has been recognized by such plastic surgery societies all over the world. Dr. Fortes is well known for total and three-dimensional body contouring by liposculpture and fat micrografting techniques, as well as hidden incision body lifts. He is also well known uh, for and has a large practice of secondary corrective aesthetic surgeries of the body and breast for patients wanting corrections of surgeries performed elsewhere. We can talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, Dr. Fortes is honored to be named the 2020 Super Doctors List in Texas. Uh, is that in the world or in Texas? <laughs> Jeez, I don't, I'm not sure. I think it's in Texas. I'm going to say it? the world, Tex right? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Fortes is honored to be named in the 2020 Texas Super Doctors List. Being selected uh, represents only 5% of doctors in the state or region and represents a list of outstanding physicians who must meet a stringent selection criteria. It's a multi-step process is undertaken and it is assessed in order to be considered if that physician is qualified for the Texas Super Doc, doc designation. Doctors who achieve the highest point totals from the combination of peer surveys, primary research and blue ribbon panels are selected for the Super Doctor Texas 2020 list. Being selected for this achievement is one that Dr. Fortes truly values and honors. Dr. Fortes combines his artistic vision with the latest technical advances in plastic surgery to give his patients the results they deserve. 
Outside of his practice, Dr. Fortes can be found enjoying time playing classical piano, mm -hmm. drawing, doing photography, supporting the arts community in Houston, and volunteering for and supporting organizations that benefit animal welfare. Awesome. Living in the ethnic melting pot of Houston, Dr. Fortes is a self-identified foodie who likes to spend time with his close circle of friends enjoying Houston's incredibly diverse restaurants and cultural scene, which has been difficult this year in 2020. Oh, tell me about it. That's it, why it's so painful being a foodie and the restaurants are closed. Yeah, it's like, what do you do? You, you and eat I your own had, food? Yeah, we've had yeah. a few ah. conversations about cook? how difficult Heck this year no. is. <laughs> yeah. Heck no. He's a foodie. He wants to go out and eat. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's a pleasure having you again. Yes. Thank pleasure you so much. Absolutely. How did you make the decision to choose work in the field of plastic surgery? Uh, to, uh, well, I was completely honest with myself. Yeah. You know, I had always had an interest in doing things that were artistic in nature. Mm -hmm. And when I went to uh, high school, I had um, teachers uh, and mentors that supported my growth mm -hmm. in particularly in math and science. So mm -hmm. I, and I loved math and science when I was at that age right. and they were incredibly supportive. I think that's so important for people, young people these days to have mentoring. Absolutely. And that's really what steered me in, in the direction that I went. So I went very heavy, you know, when I went, I went to Rice University and I studied chemistry and chemical engineering. Wow. Thinking that that was my life goal. Sure. And at some point I said, no, this is not what you're going to do right. because it seemed quite isolating to be in a lab by yourself mm -hmm. doing an experiment for hours and hours. Right. And I did that and I looked out the window and I said, I'm not doing this. No. And, and I switched gears at that point and made a conscious decision to do something where I was involved in taking care of people or at least interacting with people. So mm -hmm. I, I changed my major then and I went into pre-med mm -hmm. and then went to medical school across, as they say, across the hedges at yep. Baylor. College of Medicine. That's right. And I did my education there in medicine. And then, then I left Texas for eight years and I did general surgery. Again, it was a sort mm -hmm. of a process of discovery because my, my dad, when he was alive, uh, loved medicine, especially loved internal medicine. Sure. So I pictured myself doing that. Mm -hmm. And when I actually did it, I was bored to death. Right. Uh, and yeah. so the last thing that I thought that I would be was a surgeon. Right. But the honest truth is that that's really what filled me and filled my mm -hmm. passions and yeah. and I loved I loved it from the beginning and I thought I was going to do general surgery and then last minute turn you yep. know these things happen in your life mm -hmm. my mom said well you would make such an awesome plastic surgeon why don't you do <laughs> oh that gosh. and so I said well let me let me check that out and so I came full circle right from you know doing heavy math and science mm -hmm. to integrating my artistic interest amazing and, and so it's yeah. a perfect match right now yeah and you match your your passion with yes. what you do every day and yeah. i can tell mm -hmm. certainly in our conversations and our visits throughout the last year or so that you absolutely have a passion for beauty have a passion your art you're an artist uh i know several patients uh that that have that you have performed surgery on that just walk out not walk out but weeks later, days later, say, oh my gosh, I cannot believe how amazing this is. And so kudos to you on the work. And <laughs> you have such an amazing reputation in Houston and your passion yeah. certainly shows that. Um, Can we talk about all the different services that you do provide? Sure. Yeah. You know, I do aesthetic 
plastic surgery. That's I'm a I'm a surgeon mm -hmm. by training, and aesthetic plastic surgery is what I do for a living. So you can imagine almost anything that has to do with changing the body so that it looks better. Already the body is normal. I don't, my practice is not one of reconstruction and there are plastic surgeons who do reconstruction. In those situations okay. it's because the body's been injured or, or something has happened to not make it be normal. The people that come to see me have normal bodies. They just mm -hmm. want to make a change to feel and look better. And so I do everything literally from head to toe. A lot of face facial plastic surgery, eyelid surgery, rhinoplasty surgery. I love doing rhinoplasty surgery. That's one of the mm -hmm. things that I enjoy the most. Um, body contouring surgery is really one of the core elements of my practice. Mm. Breast um, aesthetic surgery of all kinds, mm -hmm. from reductions, augmentations, lifts, and any combination you can imagine of, of those. Um, nowadays, we're recycling fat uh, and that's kind of the hot yeah. thing, or it's yeah. been the hot thing over the last several years. So we're not throwing the fat away. We're using it as part of the body contouring process. So, and, and one of the big areas is, you know, the behind. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and so those are the things that I do. And of course, I'm in a group that also understands that not everyone may be ready for plastic surgery. Not everyone may qualify to, to mm. have plastic surgery for whatever reason. And so we offer non-surgical procedures as well in our practice of all kinds. And we have two beautiful spas and, and uh, estheticians uh, and nurse injectors that do a lot of the services that we provide there from facials to uh, non-invasive uh, removal of fat to tightening of the skin with uh, treatments such as Thermi Smooth and, and uh, RF treatments. Uh, that's one of the big treatments that we offer these days that's non-surgical and it's really offered an expanded uh, menu to patients who may, may not be ready for plastic surgery. Mm -hmm. mm. Let's talk a little bit about body contouring and the reason that I'm asking about that is is because you know I'm in my mid-50s. Uh, I have been a runner all of my life. I've run 28 marathons and have been very physically active and men tend to have something called the flanks here. And uh, I'll tell the audience that today I came to you and said, Dr. Fortes, I visited with Cindy, who's sitting over here behind the screen mm -hmm. over here, and said, I have some flanks. I can't get rid of them. I run all the time. I run 10 miles on a Saturday. What do I do? What can you do to help me? And you suggested body contouring. And, um, and I, you know, under my belly button all the way around. And so could you talk a little bit about body contouring in the male population? Absolutely. Well, everything that you said makes you a perfect candidate for it because you're a runner, you're disciplined, you lead a healthy lifestyle, and these are genetically determined problems mm -hmm. that are beyond your, your physical control. And it's a perfect example of what you mentioned, too. Men tend to have a little bit of a gut. Mm -hmm. That's where the fat ten tends to concentrate, and then the, and then the, the waist or mm -hmm. the flank area. And so when you're doing everything you possibly can to create sort of a, the body that you desire, but things are just being stubborn and mm -hmm. not changing, those are the ideal patients to come for plastic surgery because the plastic surgeon can certainly uh, correct those things mm -hmm. that are beyond your control. Where plastic surgery doesn't work is for people who are not doing those things, mm -hmm. who have maybe a weight management problem. Right. And they come for plastic surgery thinking that plastic surgery is gonna cure them 
or treat them. And the opposite is true. Right. There's no treating. That's, that's not a patient that long-term will have a successful outcome from, right. plastic, from plastic surgery. So in other words, when you post plastic surgery, then I need to eat right, I need to continue exercising, yes. I need to do a, live a healthy lifestyle, continue running. And if not, will it come back? Not if you maintain it. Right. Yeah. And you know, mm-hmm. you, you didn't have to make a radical uh, lifestyle change because right. you're already living the life mm-hmm. of you know, health. Right. And so it's going to be easy for you to keep the results that you have. Well, I don't know if it worked on me, but what I can tell you is, is that probably seven or eight of my friends have come to see you after me and they tell me glowing remarks about you. Of course it worked for me. And and (laughs) I'm going to brag a little bit and just say the only thing about 2020 is COVID and I didn't get to wear a swimsuit very much this year. And I was so disappointed. I had it done on December the 31st. 2021 is your year then. 2021 is my year and I'm super excited. (laughs) And I'm not embarrassed to say that I had it because you know what? It is a lifestyle and it is, we want to look our best and we want to feel our best and we want to have confidence. And when I stand up and speak to an audience or I'm working with patients, I want to, I want to look my best, even Mm -hmm. with a suit or with a shirt on, you can certainly see now somewhat of a V where I didn't have that before. So thank, thank you for that. What is your favorite, if you had a favorite procedure to perform in your surgery center, what's your favorite procedure? I love operating on women who don't have the figure that they desire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's, I don't want to say it's easy. Yeah. Because it implies that what I do is easy. It's not easy, but I love transforming th- those yeah. women's bodies mm-hmm. and they are beyond thrilled. Yeah. When they see the results. And men do too, but men are, you know, men's bodies are supposed to look like men's bodies, mm-hmm. not a woman's body. Right. And so you can't. Uh, they don't mix and match. You can't mm-hmm. do on a woman something that you do on a man and mm-hmm. vice versa. Sure. But I mean, you ask, I love doing all kinds of plastic surgery. Yeah. It's, obviously, it is my passion. Yeah, it is. But you asked me, you kind of put me on the spot. I and did. You asked me yeah. what one procedure yeah. I love. I love doing that. Wonderful. I also know that you are well known uh, in the trans community. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, I've been operating on uh, transgender people for decades Mm -hmm. and they've I don't know how they found me but they managed to and then once they found me you know their friends followed right and so I never thought of them any differently than anyone else I mean they came because they had something that they wanted to change about their body just like all other Mm -hmm. plastic surgery patients want and um, so I offered that as a service and they were equally thrilled with the results and I never encountered any issues related to any psychological issues from right. doing these yeah. uh, changes. Right. Obviously, they've lived in their skin for all their life and they know what they're about. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think that they're any different from anyone else. No, of course not. In terms not. of dealing with it psychologically. Yeah. You know, oftentimes I say in, in my practice that in the trans population, they know themselves better than we know ourselves even. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They know who they are. They know who they should be, they know who they right. want to be. And when they make that decision... I think I'm, the people who have the hang-up are the rest of us. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're exactly mm-hmm. right. Yeah, well, kudos for, for that. I think it's so important. A really wonderful friend of mine in Los Angeles and Hollywood owns La Fuente Hollywood Treatment Center, Manny Rodriguez, and it's specifically an LGBT treatment program. 
uh, and about 30 to 40% of his patients daily are in the trans community. And that is one of their issues is sometimes, unfortunately, in that community, there's not enough resources to, to have surgery. And, mm-hmm. and so I know that that's also difficult. And, uh, uh, but thank you for supporting that community. And Absolutely. I think it's so important. Sure. Um, Robin? Well, we wanted to talk a little bit about body dysmorphia disorder. Yeah. How about that? So let's talk about the definition and how do you discover it? And Sure. Well, um, it's a disorder, I think, of perception that people that with it don't see themselves as others see them. Mm-hmm. They take very minor flaws or, or maybe no flaws at all mm-hmm. and magnify them. And it's almost uh, the equivalent of looking at they look at themselves in a mirror, but it's a funhouse mirror mm-hmm. where the mm-hmm. image is completely distorted and not really a reflection of reality. And so they live their life based upon that self-image mm-hmm. that is not within normal. Mm-hmm. And a perfect example, you know, I mentioned that I love rhinoplasty surgery. Mm-hmm. Rhinoplasty, if I were to pick a procedure that plastic surgeons do, probably has the highest rate of all procedures uh, to attract patients with BDD. Really? Yeah, and so they they may see their their nose as horrible, twisted, you know, with a terrible shape. When you and I may look at them and says, "There's nothing wrong with your nose. Your nose is fine. It suits your face. Uh, I don't yeah. see any major flaws." Mm-hmm. But they magnify what they see, or maybe there's nothing there, but they create this image in their head. And of course, it's very uh, unsettling to them. Uh, creates a lot of distress in their life, and they modify mm-hmm. their life um, according to the belief that they have about their appearance. Mm-hmm. And that includes fo- focusing multiple times a day on looking at themselves in mirrors, making adjustments to themselves, mm-hmm. um, not meeting appointments, uh, whether it's work appointments or social appointments, simply because all that time has been mm-hmm. focused on dealing with what they see mm-hmm. uh, in the mirror. Uh, and it's a very distressing thing for them to go through. Mm-hmm. And often they turn to plastic surgery to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to say that unfortunately plastic surgery doesn't fix the problem and sometimes makes the problem worse because what happens is that you don't really address the issue mm-hmm. and you only think you're addressing the issue and, and then they are terribly disappointed that really fundamentally what they see is no different from what they saw before. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I wanted to ask and involve you on this. Um, you know, how does a loved one approach the subject of body dysmorphia to someone? Mm-hmm. And should you do that alone, or sh- is that something that you should do as a physician? Because will it will it trigger worse symptoms if I were to go to a friend and say, "Hey, I'm noticing," you know, yada yada yada. Well, I'm certainly not a physician, but Dr. Fortes is. But um, you could call me a shrink, I suppose. <laughs> and, and what I would say is, is that just like Dr. Fortes said prior to the show, we were going over some of these questions, obviously. And you approach that person with love, kindness, and gentleness. And you can discuss certainly, you know, here's what I see and here's what I hear. Mm-hmm. And can we talk about this and, and do it in a very loving, caring way? Because certainly if you sit with someone and say, you're always saying you're fat and you're not fat, get over it. Then what does that do? 
puts their feathers up and they get into an argument. And, you know, certainly a professional like myself, a therapist can certainly sit with them and talk to them about body dysmorphic disorder or even diagnose body dysmorphic disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's certainly it can be the subject can be brought up by your loved ones. Mm -hmm. uh, But the treatment and the proper diagnosis should be done by a professional, of course. Um, So I think when you bring that subject up and you broach it, uh, you know, like I said, it's just love and kindness and a gentle gentle uh conversation mm-hmm. yeah so do you see that quite a bit i mean oh. from what i understand it it um, occurs in about one to two percent of the general population probably mm-hmm. among the population that comes to see a plastic surgeon it's closer to maybe 10 to 15 and for rhinoplasty as i mentioned it, mm-hmm. it's probably a full third yeah. of patients that come for rhinoplasty that may actually have it so it's not a, it, those are not small numbers and so i think all plastic surgeons have to sort of have their antennas up for mm-hmm. someone that has that diagnosis and you as i mentioned earlier to you you know i have a limited time with patients that come to see me right. to get to know them and understand their concerns and worries and and how i can involve myself in offering a service that might enhance their life not make it worse Uh, And sometimes you can spot them immediately. You know, I've been doing this for a long enough time that kind of see signs and symptoms of it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes you can't. And sometimes Mm -hmm. the patients will have plastic surgery and often they do have plastic surgery and a ton of it Mm -hmm. before a diagnosis is even made. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if someone comes to my office and they're 30 years old and they've had 15 aesthetic plastic surgeries, I mean, that's a red flag. Right. Yeah. Right. So, right. Or someone who comes in and, and, and what you see, you don't detect what they see and they make, and it's extremely distressing to them, the body part that they're describing to you. And mm-hmm. you look at it and you say, you have a beautiful nose or you have mm-hmm. lovely lips. Mm-hmm. Then that's a warning sign too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I've probably performed between 2,500 and 3,000 gastric bypass behavioral evaluations over my 30-year career. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and many of those patients post-evaluation, if they, if they eat the proper diet and they lose the weight and they exercise and they do what they need to do, oftentimes we've seen people come to plastic surgeons and would you call that, a, is it a skin revision or what do you call the skin reduction surgery? Yeah, skin reduction surgery mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it, Sometimes it happens in all over the body. Mm-hmm. It can happen in the face. It can happen in the breast. It can happen in the arms, sure. thighs. You know, you name yeah, it. Absolutely. And so, yeah, what it, we have um, operations that are designed to address each of those areas of the body mm-hmm. with uh, a way to make the body look better and mm-hmm. get rid of the loose skin. And the loose skin certainly, they may not be happy with the way it looks. Sometimes it's also functional. Mm-hmm. That is just in the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, in that population that I've treated, one of the reasons we do pre-surgical evaluations and pre-surgical mental health evaluations really is to help determine whether that patient is going to be able to adhere to a new diet, a new lifestyle. Do they understand the risk of the surgery? Do they understand? It's a radical change having a full gastric bypass surgery. And do you ever find yourself talking to a patient and recommending therapy or recommending uh, a therapist along with the plastic surgery or prior to plastic surgery decisions? 
I think more more patients should have uh, uh, therapy than the ones that are getting it. Exactly. I think it's a wonderful yeah. thing because yeah. it's a self-discovery process mm -hmm. and you can learn a lot about yourself and what yeah. you're doing that's working and not yeah. working yeah. and make you know, lifestyle changes based on that. And specifically patients who are going through major, major mm -hmm. life change from mm -hmm. going sometimes, you know, four mm -hmm. or 500 pounds to going under yes. 200 pounds. I mean, yeah. They're a different person. Right. right. Physically, psychologically, emotionally. And of course, they, I think getting support yeah. for during that process is extremely mm -hmm. important. It is. It's so important prior to and after. I know that I've filmed several episodes of my 600 pound life over the years and and talk to those patients and and really coach them and guide them and give them advice prior to surgery and and help the doctor determine if it's an appropriate surgery or not but you're right i think that all of us everyone sitting in this room and everyone listening to this show right now therapy is just a wonderful thing in our life that we can have someone really to sit in front of and just discuss and listen and get feedback on on uh on our own lives and whether we're thinking clearly and whether we're thinking you know is this a good idea or is this not a good idea um well it's the reason you're so successful today because as a child you had a lot of trauma mm -hmm. right i did and if yeah. it wouldn't have been for that therapy that's right you wouldn't be here today yeah. no i had a very traumatic childhood growing up and my mother uh introduced me to the uh thought of psychiatry and therapy i think in about the fifth or sixth grade right after my father she died. was ahead of her time she was ahead yes. of her time <laughs> exactly. yes it was yeah. in the 70s when psychiatry was so i think my mother went through 20 years of uh freudian psychotherapy <laughs> herself which was amazing which is probably what i do to why i do this today um well again i want to oh, go ahead I was just going to say, so so what is, once you've diagnosed it, mm -hmm. what it what is the treatment? How do you yeah. how, how do you treat that? You know, uh, are you talking about body dysmorphia? Body dysmorphia. dysmorphia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, certainly the, the therapy of choice is really cognitive behavioral therapy. And what cognitive behavioral therapy is doing is just changing a paradigm and having a paradigm shift. So in other words, changing an idea, right? Talking through it with someone and, and working through it. It's just like, you know, one of my specialties is working with somatic symptom disorder, similar but different than body dysmorphic disorder. Um, and somatic symptom disorder, it's a long treatment process, right? And therapy and the same, same thing in body dysmorphic disorder is you, you encourage a healthy eating lifestyle, you encourage a healthy exercise program, you bring in a nutritionist, you bring in a physical therapist, you bring in an exercise physiologist, you have psychotherapy sessions and really changing negative thought patterns and turning them into a positive thought pattern, right? Yeah. And, uh, and I'm going to take a moment and just say, because my mask keeps falling down, <laughs> usually we don't wear masks while we're doing this. And right. I'm doing this out of respect to Dr. Fortes, because Dr. Fortes is in the operating room several times a week. And we want to make sure during this time of COVID that we all remain safe. And so that's why we're all wearing masks today. And, and it's just important. And he is hypervigilant about that in which yes. he should be. And so thank you for doing that. This is my OR yes. uniform right I, here. Absolutely. That's <laughs> wear it, right. wear it every week. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Walk us through, if you don't mind. I remember when I came to see you a, a, as a patient, it was an amazing process. I literally checked in at the front desk and made an appointment with Cindy. Um, tell us about Cindy and what Cindy does and how valuable she is in your practice. Because I, to me, she was invaluable. She was almost my psychologist aw. preparing me for surgery. I'm going to run the risk of embarrassing the head. <laughs> yeah, let's her, do it. She's, she's sitting in the room, everybody. She's yeah. my right-hand yeah. girl. Yeah. 
and without her my practice would not really exist right mm -hmm. because yeah i try to be the the best plastic surgeon that i can be and that's always been a goal of mine mm -hmm. but without her uh that would not happen right because i need her to be really work with me hand in hand so mm -hmm. that patients can have a great experience from beginning all mm -hmm. the way through to the end i yeah. certainly cannot do her job right mm -hmm. yeah and she does her job beautifully she does mm -hmm. i mean i i just remember back in december when i was coming to visit literally she walked me through just from day one on the first visit post-surgery talking to me uh, I sent a good colleague of mine who is a psychiatrist to see you that actually lives in Beverly Hills um, and practices both in Beverly Hills and Houston. And he came in and he is used to the Beverly Hills lifestyle. And he said, James, I have never seen a practice as with such perfection as Dr. Fortes wow. practice. And it's That's true wonderful. from awesome. the front desk person at your at your office. When you walk in, they know your name. They welcome you. It's a beautiful, one of the most beautiful medical offices you've ever been in. And then you get to meet the gorgeous Cindy that's sitting <laughs> over here. <laughs> and she explains everything and and uh, explains the process. I'll tell you something. There. She's yeah. more beautiful on the inside than even on the outside. You know, you I know that. Out. Yeah, she yeah. is. I told Robin French here sitting yeah. with me that, that Cindy, I said, just wait till you see her. She's gorgeous. <laughs> She's flawless. Yeah. Yeah. And I will also say that secondarily Aww. on the inside, just as beautiful. And that's what also makes your practice successful is it really is a customer service oriented experience. So you anyone out there that's even thinking about plastic surgery, how do they find you? What, other than knowing that you and I are in the same building at Five Post Oak Park, but how do they find you and get a hold of, of you or Cindy? Uh, easy. Mm -hmm. Gosh, they can call call me mm -hmm. or call Cindy. Yeah. And her direct line, you know, that we use it kind of like the bat phone. Yeah. Is eight three two eight nine eight twenty forty four. Excellent. Or you can text. Yep. Everybody loves texting. I these text days. her all the time. So <laughs> you can even text. Yep. Which is wonderful. Um, you can call the main office, which is an easy number to remember, 713-799-9999. Um, or you can call and make an appointment to see me at one of our two offices. We have an office in the uh, Memorial City area, mm -hmm. uh, Town and & Country, and that uh, address is 12727 Kimberly, mm -hmm. Suite 300. And our other um, location is 4400 uh, Post Oak Parkway, also Suite 300. Yes. And so, or you can just go on my website. What's that you website? FortesMD.com. Fortes, F-O-R-T-E-S-M-D.com. That's right. Awesome. Dr. Fortes, thank you so much for being a part thank of this you. today. Oh, I my respect pleasure. your work so much. We were um, looking forward to this. You're amazing. You are an artist and, and you bring a valuable service, I think, to the city of Houston. So thanks thank for being you. here. And Cindy, thanks for coming along with him. And so you guys reach out to Dr. Fortes and Robin. And Dr. Flowers, can you explain how they can find us at the J. Flowers Health Institute? You bet. Absolutely. Our phone number is 713-783-6655. And our website is jflowershealth.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Thank you, doctor. Thank you. Yeah. Have a great week, everybody. See you Absolutely. next week. Yeah, Bye -bye. thanks. <laughs>